Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create conscious change all around the world. Now here's your Wickedly Smart host, Angel B. Hartwell. Welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate wickedly smart women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom, along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Angel B. Hartwell, and today I have the pleasure of welcoming our very special guest, Karen Freeland. Karen is a recovering corporate workaholic a speaker and certified life and reinvention coach. She is now focused on helping women transform their lives and achieve their dreams. Through her signature edit your life program, she offers one-on-one coaching, giving women the tools and techniques to conquer fears and find purpose. She is also the author of the hilarious tell all book, the ins and outs of my vagina a penetrating memoir. She recounts the mishaps and misadventures she's had over the past 40 years with a special partner in crime, her vagina named V. Women of all ages can relate to this raw and honest journey of firsts, long-term relationships, and finding pleasure. It is my pleasure to bring you to the show today, Karen. Welcome. Thank you so much, Angel. It's great to be here. Well, I am really interested in starting with this whole idea of being a recovering corporate workaholic, because Mm. in the last couple of years, death has been the informer and Corona has come to the planet to ask people to reevaluate their lives and their priorities. And uh, we are in the midst of what some are calling the great resignation. So I'd love to hear, if you would, a little bit about that part of your life, about what you know caused you maybe to be a workaholic, what inspired yeah. you to leave corporate, and what has allowed you to step into entrepreneurship. Sure. What a journey it's been. I will tell you, I, I never saw myself in corporate. I don't, I almost don't know how I ended up there, but I was acting, I was following my dreams. I was living in New York city, waiting tables. And there was this vicious cycle where you would have to wait more tables to make the money to pay your bills, but then you couldn't go on auditions, but you couldn't audition because in the first place, because you had to work shifts to pay your bills. And so it was like, okay, this isn't working. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to quit. I'm going to go work in corporate for a year, save every penny, and then leave after a year and go act full-time and not have to wait tables. Well, that sounded like a great idea, except it turns out I was really good at sales. And I got my first commission check and there were four numbers on the check. And I'd never seen a check with a thousand dollars or more in it. And I go, oh my gosh, I'm rich. So instead of saving it and putting it in the bank like I was supposed to, I got addicted to the money drug. And I went right down to a coach store and I bought a purse and a pair of gloves and like a, you know, iPod holder, whatever, a whole bunch of stuff I didn't really need. And from there, I spent the next 15 years chasing paychecks and titles. I went from tech company to tech company. I did pharma for a little bit, energy, and it was always the same story. 
I was really excited for the first six months. I was amped up, felt like a new purpose, right? Because I've got this new job and everything's great and I'm learning and this like really sharp learning curve. And then I would hit the wall and it would all start to get easy again. And I would feel like, what am I doing with my life? I don't even actually care about selling more cell phones. I don't actually care about more marketing qualified leads. Like this has zero interest, but I'm doing it because I'm so addicted to the next title, the next, you know, external validation. And so I think I became a workaholic in some respects because it's what I saw other people doing. Mm -hmm. You know, there were other people in the room. They were the hardest working people. They stayed there late. They came in early. They, you know, were online at all hours of the evening. And I thought, well, if that's what it takes to get promoted, okay, I'll just do that. And then I think I got to the point where it became an escape for me. And I didn't have to deal with my life. I didn't have to deal with the fact that I wasn't actually happy with what I was doing because I could just throw myself into my work and say, oh, well, you know, I'm really busy. I have this work. Oh, you know, my things are on the rocks with my husband. Oh, whatever. I don't have time to deal with this. I'm just going to go drink and work in my room for two hours tonight. And it wasn't until we had a couple of deaths in the family end of 2018, beginning of 2019. So this is pre-COVID. And all of a sudden, I felt like I was staring my mortality right in the face. What do you mean my time is going to be over? You know, like my parents are on deck next. Like they were the end of this generation, you know, with my great aunt and my great uncle. And I thought, okay, well, after my parents, then it's me. And so I had this very ugly truth that, I needed to rectify like what I was doing with my life. And I just kept remember, I kept thinking, there's no way I was put here to make PowerPoints to justify my existence to someone else. Like this <laughs> can't be what I was sent here to do. And every month, that's what I was doing in the operations reviews. It was making PowerPoints and trying to explain everything I did with the marketing budget and why my team was performing the way it was and just get berated for an hour. And so someone at work asked me a very pointed question. Well, what what do you want to do before you die? What do you want your life to look like? And I couldn't answer that question. Mm. Isn't that funny, Angel, like how you can know everything that's wrong with your life, but yet you can't put together what good looks like. Yeah. Well, and that is such a power question. What is it that you want? In fact, That was the question for me that catapulted me into my own spiritual awakening and my own Mm -hmm. departure from the real estate industry after a 20-year career in in the real estate industry as a workaholic in that industry. So that question, what is it that you want? I just really want our listeners to have a moment to breathe in that question because we collectively are asking you that now, listener, what is it that you want? And I remember for me, when that question came, it was such a shocking question. For me, what I experienced when that question came to me was, I get to even consider having wants. I get to have wants. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So when you got that question, Karen, what was the next step for you? Yeah. So there were two key things that happened. One was a lot of journaling Mm -hmm. because I was honestly too scared to say the things I was thinking out loud. And I needed a safe space to just go and let it out 
somewhere. And I felt like, well, if I don't speak it, it's still safe. It just like, I needed a place to put it down. So I I journaled a lot and there were things that were very revealing, you know, self-limiting thoughts, self-sabotaging thoughts that I just almost couldn't believe after I wrote it, that I even thought it and, and read it back. So that was very telling. And I knew I needed to do some work, but the second thing, which actually inspired the path to leaving corporate was I watched the video, The Secret. And so you might, yes, you're shaking your head. you like, you've heard of this. And so I had heard of it way back in the day, but I never really watched the full video and embraced this whole law of attraction. And while I was sitting there on my couch, watching it on my cell phone, like my face glued to it, my husband's like doing the dishes or something. And he's like, what are you you watching over there? And I'm like, don't talk to me. (laughs) I'm finding myself, get away. I heard Jack Canfield, who was the author Chicken Soup for the Soul series. And he was talking about how he wrote his books and it was all about action. If you want to make something happen, you have to take action. You know, dreaming is only one part of it. And out of nowhere, buried way back in my brain, came shooting forward, Karen, your memoir. The memoir you started writing in 2009, you must finish this and you're going to do it by action, by just taking 15 minutes a day and writing and writing and writing. And all of a sudden it was like a fire was lit in my Mm. belly. This little, little flame, like an ember that was burning, that had been almost squelched, was Mm. almost completely out. All of a sudden it was like oxygen just got infused and there was a fire again. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I know what it is I want to do. Beautiful. Well, it's funny because when The Secret came out, I had left my real estate career and I had opened up an art gallery and healing arts center, which was like the other end of the spectrum. And my healing arts center was one of the very first in the country that screened the secret and mm. other movies from spirit, what was called spiritual cinema back then. So I don't even know right. if that still exists. So yeah, I love that movie. And, uh, and what I also know about that movie is it's a great movie to put some oxygen on your, on your ember. And for some people, some of the secret secrets don't work for them. So, or they only partially work for them. So I'm sure there may have been moments in this traveling uh, that you were doing where you might have stumbled a little bit. So can you speak a little bit about like the transition out of corporate, which for many people is definitely a stumbling place Yes, and the transition into authorship? Sure. And so for me, I was actually gifted from the universe, I think, as a part of this whole law of attraction with having my job eliminated. Yay! So (laughs) it was a miracle because I got the severance package. And so it was kind of like a dream come true. Like I'd always fantasized about, like some people fantasize about much more exciting things, but I fantasized about getting laid off and getting a severance package. (laughs) So that tells you how bad things were. But I had put a deadline. And I said, by December 31st of 2020, I'm going to resign from my job, whether or not I have a severance package. And in August of 2020, the call came and it was one of the most glorious and terrifying days of my life because 
I think that the universe was just like, we're done here. You don't need any more time. You don't need, you need to fly girlfriend, get out of the nest. And so there was this big push, this external factor that came in. And fortunately being part of the leadership team, I knew I was on the way out. You know, you get the vibe, you know, when they're pushing you out, when they're reorganizing, organizing, and they're shuffling the deck chairs and you're getting slotted under some other guy who's, you know, the boys club. And so I knew it was coming. I was very much mentally prepared for the phone call. So I handled that really well. And then I immediately went to lunch and had a margarita with my kids. And like, not, they didn't have a margarita, but I did. And then <laughs> we had tacos and celebrated. And they were really excited. Like, wow, mom, like this means you're a stay-at-home mom. And I'm like, well, it means I'm going to write full-time now. But yes, I will have more time for you guys. It was something that I was really interested in having in my life and being a more present mom. So it really worked out very well. But there was a moment where you start to panic and you go, oh, okay. So I really don't have a six-figure income anymore. Hmm. How are we going to pay for that private school tuition? Ooh, I totally bought that Benz as a way to trap myself in the corporate job so that I wouldn't quit. Ooh, okay. I got a car payment now. So there were these things that I was a little nervous about, but you know, some people will say, uh, you know, I don't know. Some people may take this differently, but I actually found a job consulting Mm -hmm. part-time. And that for me was a great runway for Mm -hmm. me to scale my business and do the writing full-time and also get certified as a life coach. Mm. Because one of the things that I went through on this journey, you know, when you get something good, you want to tell everyone, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like when you get a good deal at the mall or whatever, or you find like a really good organic food and you want to like tell everybody about it. That's how I felt about going through this transition. And I wanted every woman out there who felt stuck, who felt frustrated, who felt like there were no options that was burnt out, that was just knew that there was more to life, but didn't know how to get it. Like I have the answers. Like I just went through this. I can tell you how to figure out what makes you tick again and how to break out of this. And so I, you know, I was like, I don't want to just speak though. I don't want to just speak and get people jazzed up and then walk away and be like, good luck with that. Right. You can figure that out on your own. I wanted to really be there and usher them through the whole process Mm. and support them and hold them accountable so that if they did get wobbly, you know, they had a support system there to get them back on course. So I got certified as a life coach and I found that I I really could balance a part-time consulting gig that would give me the money and the lifestyle that I was accustomed to, but would also really free me up to have flexibility three-day weekends. I mean, another thing I'd fantasized about, you know, and now I have it. It's a mainstay for me. I don't work Fridays. That's my day for volunteering and filling my cup and, you know, maybe having lunch with my husband or maybe sleeping in or going for a run. I mean, I do whatever I feel like doing. Beautiful. Well, we're going to take a short break now, but there's so much. There was so much in there that I just really want to underscore for our listeners. And for me, I actually just took the flying leap. I had no bridge. I had no patchwork of things that I put together, but many people either put patchwork pieces together, they quilt together a life that works for them as they're moving from transitioning from corporate into uh, self-employment, or they take a flying leap like I did, or they build a bridge of stepping stones. So what I just want everyone to hear is that it's possible to completely reinvent your life 
and there is help out there. So right now, though, we're going to take a break. Wickedly Smart Women, we could use your help. If you're enjoying the show and want us to stay on the air, please consider making a donation at www.wickedlysmartwomen.com. We'd also like to ask that you share our show with all of your lovely lady friends. I do want to say a big thank you to all of our listeners who are downloading rating and reviewing. Uh, We are now three-time award-winning show. We just found out we won our third award in two years. And I just checked, and we are now downloading in 91 countries. I can't tell you what the new ones are because I didn't get out my little highlighter. But we're going to say a shout-out today to our listeners in uh, the United Republic of Tanzania, uh, in uh, Togo, and in Tajikistan, because the teas are up today, apparently. And we will be right back with Karen Friedland. The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by the Wealthy Life Mentor. Women, are you on the edge knowing that life is calling you to make a change? Are you ready to be part of the evolution of what it means to be a wickedly smart woman creating your wealthy life by design, a life that is an extraordinary work of art? Angel B. Hartwell, the Wealthy Life Mentor, is hired by women in transition, women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance, become clear on the value of their wisdom, and embody a beauty-filled, balanced life of shameless self-expression. Discover your wealthy life readiness by taking the quiz at quiz.wealthylifementor.com. And we are back with Karen Freeland. Karen is the author of this amazing book, which we definitely want to talk about, The Ins and Outs of My Vagina, a penetrating memoir. And you can find out more about her and her book and her uh, life and reinvention coaching work at karenfreeland.com. We'll have that for you in the show notes. So before we went to the break, Karen, we were talking about how you liberated yourself and you created a patchwork of support to allow you the time and the space to write. And so why don't you tell us about V and this writing process? Oh, I'd love to. Thank you. So the book is called The Ins and Outs of My Vagina, a penetrating memoir. And it is all about the mishaps and misadventures that I've had with my partner in crime, V, over the past 40 years. So it's really a comedic look at, you know, everything from puberty and just discovering that I had a vagina to getting my period for the first time and, you know, trying to MacGyver like a sanitary product and, you know, (laughs) figure out what is all this business period business about to having babies and, you know, having sex and the great chase of the orgasm and, you know, because unfortunately, Hollywood sells us a pipe dream about what sex uh, actually looks like and how women are satisfied. And most women are in pretty lackluster relationships and um, not having the best sex of their life. So it just aims at being truthful about what women are actually going through and doing it in a very um, cathartic way that women will relate to. Beautiful. And when did the book come out, Karen? So it launched September 14th of 2021, and it is all five-star rated. 
Well, we have 26 ratings so far in the first month. So that's, that's pretty great. And it's also won a reader's favorite award, which is really exciting because that you don't pay for. It's just a random person who reads your book and gives it a rating and it got five stars. So I am over the moon with how it's been received. Congratulations. Well, if there was one thing from the book that you would love our listeners to know about that you would like to like tease them a little about this. I'd love to hear it. What does V have to tell us that would tease Mm. us into wanting to get more? Ah, okay. Oh, there's so much, but I think one of my favorite chapters is called hot dog in a hallway. And so it is the first sexual experience that my husband and I have after my son is born and neither of us really know what to expect. We hadn't had sex in six weeks and V is a little out of shape and it just doesn't go. I mean, he has a great time. But it doesn't go so well for me and V. And so there's just this hilarious back and forth. And you you hear V and me talking, you know, as we're kind of going through the whole sex act and just commiserating about like, is this what it's going to be like for the rest of our lives? I don't feel anything like what is happening. And so it's it's just a really fun, honest look at the things that women deal with and If there's one thing I want women to take away and read from when they read the book, I think they will get this overwhelming sense that I am not alone, that this is not happening to just me. I am not the only person who has felt this way. And there's this real like commiserating that happens and just makes you feel like, okay, I am normal. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, I am curious because V is asking me to ask you this. Mm. I am curious about how long you've been in a dialogue with V and how much of her uh, influence was present as you went through the transitions that you've gone through? You know, I think I've not always been great at listening to V. And I think there were times where I just let V take over. And and you'll see this actually quite evident in the book, especially in the younger years. I don't think myself and I kind of just let V take the reins, which was often a very poor decision on my part. Um, It doesn't always end well. But when I was originally writing the book, I didn't bring V out as a character. That was actually something that came about in the second draft when I was working with my professional editor that I hired. And that was a brainstorm that we came up with to actually bring her in as a character. And how freeing, how fun to go back and relive all these moments and go, what would V have said in that moment? What, What did V say to me? Or how did she behave? And really build out this whole character. So I think readers are going to have a lot of fun and really be able to get in touch with their own V and, and be more in, in control of it because our society is not very vagina friendly, unfortunately. Unfortunately, but you are here along yes. with V to change that. <laughs> yes, we're on a, on a mission. On a mission. All right. Well, so I want to move a little bit towards what it's like being self-employed and what, if anything, were... Like the big challenges, generally speaking for most women, it's, it's, you know, the money piece, but sometimes it's a different thing. So since you had a patchwork, uh, maybe it wasn't the money piece for you. What would you say was your biggest challenge when you started to step into the entrepreneurial space? 
Yeah, I think there's two things, actually. I, one of the big challenges for me was to not copycat. And very early on, I did some of that because I didn't really know what I was doing, right? I mean, I'm a new entrepreneur. I've always worked in big Fortune 500 companies. We had departments for everything. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden, I got to wear every hat. Okay. So that was a big learning curve. And I think for me, it was very easy to look at people on Instagram and be like, oh, they're doing a reel. Okay. I got to do a reel. And I got to point to fake words on a screen. And I just, I've done a couple and I always feel like I need a shower afterwards. (laughs) I'm just like, I hate that I did this. Why did I do this? It makes me feel so icky. And if that works for you, that's awesome because mm. it's authentic to you mm. and it's real to you. But mm. for me, it wasn't something that came natural. So I was trying to fit myself into a box and then it really didn't work. It didn't translate into more followers. It didn't translate into more sales mm. because people can just see through it. So I've really tried to step back and go, okay, what do I, what's the culture I want to create for my company? What is the vibe that I'm trying Mm. to create? And what are the platforms that I really want to be on and put my time and energy into? So that that's one thing that I think was like definitely a challenge for me. Mm. And the second thing, honestly, was making sure that my old habits don't die hard and I don't turn into a workaholic. Mm. Because one of the things my business coach because of course I hired a business coach because I'm a coach. So I I get a coach, right? Like Mm -hmm. when you're in the coaching industry, like you love coaching. So you get your own coaches. My business coach, like, what do you want your life to look like? And so I don't want to work Fridays. Great. Block it off your calendar. I'm like, okay. Like right now, like just don't work Fridays. She's like, yup. Like right now, just don't work Fridays. So of course me being old corporate workaholic, the second someone would be like, Hey, can I meet with you? Or do you want to do a podcast or, you know, anything would come up. I'm like, yeah, I got some time on Friday. (laughs) Boom. (laughs) Next thing you know, I'm working three, four hours and my kids and my husband are going, I thought you didn't work Fridays. And I'm like, okay, you're right. Thank you. Calling me out on it. And so I've gotten very disciplined now where it's extremely rare that I will put anything in on a Friday. And I really have loved honoring that and Mm. keeping that promise to myself because that's important. Maybe if Oprah calls, maybe. Yeah. Right. Yes. <laughs> I ca- I have Thursdays for me. Uh, mm. I call, I have it right in the calendar as my breather day. So like I take big in-breath, big out-breath, and then I have my breather day. You know, Tuesday's my big in-breath day. Wednesday's my big out-breath day. Thursday's my breather day. I do a little stuff on Monday late in the day, a little stuff on Friday early in the day, and that's it. So I love that you have caught yourself. And one of the things that I teach is that we often, when we're attempting to create our wealthy life, we often steal from ourselves. And so that's exactly what I was hearing there. Well, we've got one minute left. So in our last minute, Karen, is there anything that you'd like to share with our listeners, either about transitioning out of corporate, reinventing their life, or finding pleasure and communication with their own V? Oh, gosh. Okay. So I would say you have all the answers. If you are feeling stuck, if you are feeling frustrated and you're not sure where to go, turn inward, take the time to really figure out what's important to you and your values so that you can truly live into that. 
And one of the things that was so important about my book is that I am donating a portion of the proceeds to Alliance for Period Supplies because I wanted that bigger purpose. I want to be able to give back. And that was a big piece of my values that have been missing for so many years in corporate because I never had time for that charity. So this is now how I'm able to give back and live some of my values. So I hope that that's helpful for your listeners. Yeah, beautiful. So a portion of the proceeds of this book go to... Alliance for Period Supplies. So ladies, get yourself over there to buy the book and support other women and also get in touch with your own V. All right, beautiful Karen. Well, it was a pleasure to have you here on the show. Uh, Definitely check her out at karenfreeland.com. Listeners, we do love feedback. As one of my mentors says, feedback is the breakfast of champions. So please let us know what you thought of today's show by calling into our listener line. We'll have that number for you in the show notes, or you can send in questions or guest suggestions to listeners at wickedlysmartwomen.com. We might even give you a shout out on the show. Thanks for tuning in. Keep your ears open and remember, you are a wonderful woman. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. Be sure to rate and review Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each new episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.